All right. So welcome right. to part three of the first ever episode of Everybody Loves Communism. I'm Jamie Peck, as you know. And I'm Aaron Thorpe, as you now know as well. And now we're going to talk about chapters three and four of the manifesto. Much shorter than the first two. So don't worry. We'll get you out of here real soon. <laughs> so what do we got? Chapter three. I'm only going to look at my notes now. I've clicked over. I'm not looking at the text unless I have to. So what do we got? I have mine right. I have my physical copy right in front of me. So. Excellent. So what do we got? We got, okay, the aristocracy. He, he goes back in time a little bit. Right. And he says mm. how the aristocracy argued against capitalism on the grounds of, oh, the poor workers, because, you know, they weren't mm. just like, oh, the poor aristocrats, poor us, uh, generating yeah. an idea slash thing called feudal socialism. And he, he kind of shows how that's dumb and bad. I should say chapter three is mostly about saying, um, like debunking these other socialist ideas floating around out there. And showing why yeah, they're the not, time, yeah. uh, why that ain't it, Chief. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, what I, I guess with, fe I guess with feudal socialism too is kind of, I mean, it's kind of sort of a pattern that you just see with, um, you know, the ruling class where um, they will uh, uh, trick. I guess trick is not the right word to use, but um, they will, they will entice the working class into fighting like their own battles. You know, like instead of like. Um, I mean, it's obfuscation, it's lying, it's mystification. It's uh, pretending to be on the side of the proletariat um, and using them as fodder to fight your battles with your uh, other class enemies, which, I mean, in feudal, and the aristocracy says, uh, quote, uh, the aristocracy, in order to rally the people to them, waved the proletarian alms bag in front, of, uh, for, in front for a banner. But the people, so often as it joined them, saw on their hindquarters the old feudal coats of arms, and deserted with loud and reverent laughter. So, I mean, the proletariat knew this was bullshit, mm -hmm. right? That's right. So, um, They're like, uh, yeah. LOL at you. I know that ain't, that ain't it, Chief. That it is, It's chief. cringe. <laughs> it is not, it is not based, and it is cringe. Yeah. Um, all, Fake feudal friends. Also, yeah. <laughs> they did not recognize that um, this new form of society was something that developed from theirs. He says, in yeah. showing that under their rule, the modern proletariat never existed, they forget that the modern bourgeoisie is the necessary offspring of their own form of society. Right. I guess I should say they're not like, oh, the poor proletariat, because they're like, we don't want people to become the proletariat. We want them to stay peasants because that's better. And everyone's like, yeah. what are you talking? What the fuck are you talking about? And this, this, <laughs> yeah, the thing yeah. that this reminds me of most is how liberals now will argue against um, both fascism and communism without realizing that it is their favorite system, capitalism, that's giving rise to both of those things. Exactly. 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 Um, and he also has a little like the end of that too. He talks about. Um, uh, Christian socialism. Oh yeah, you know, it doesn't. It doesn't have its own section. Um, but he does say um, has uh, nothing. This is the last paragraph of that. He says, "Quote: Nothing is easier than to give Christian asceticism a socialist tinge. Has not Christianity declaimed against private property, against marriage, against the state? Has it not preached in place of these charity and poverty, 
celibacy and mortification of the flesh, monastic life and mother church. And I like this last line. Christian socialism is but the holy water with which the priest consecrates the heart burnings of the aristocrat. <laughs> uh, sorry to Institute for Christian Socialism uh, for that sorry, line. Sorry, Brunix. Um, yeah, 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 sorry, Brunix. <laughs> My bad about that. But um, I, think that's, I think that's like, you know, like legit, man. Like, yeah, like we can use, you know, Christmas comes around and I'll be like, yo, Jesus, you know, was the original communist, you know, but... It's it's different when we're talking about the religious institutions that are aping against socialist language, um, you know, uh, and and kind of extolling the virtues of Christianity with a socialist tinge, um, but they're not genuine yeah, about yeah. it. I think that's something to be worried yeah, about. Yeah, and I will also say um, people are still making critiques of liberalism from a reactionary perspective and trying to pass it off as socialism, but not every critique of liberalism is a left critique, you know? Yes. The people who are like, oh, wow, there's too many genders. Women have too many choices. Um, therefore, we need to go back in time to when there were fewer genders and fewer choices. Like, no, that's not the answer. Like, just yeah, because yeah, something... Exactly. Like, can't say that liberalism never gave us nothing. Like, I think it's good that people have choices and genders <laughs> like yeah, the thing yeah, we need yeah, to yeah. do is fully honor our people's ability to self-actualize and Absolutely. make their choices and be who they are outside of the context of uh capitalist exploitation or what people like to call today neoliberalism which is just yeah. it's just a new flavor of capitalism yeah 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 we like you know like liberalism's outside of like obviously its views on like you know um um the economy and free trade and you know ownership of private property in terms of like you know like a state you know that like uh that actually like attempts to do something for the masses of people and the idea of um you know some level of like political freedom or freedom as an individual freedom from harm you know those things that liberalism extols those virtues although it does not live up to them um those are tight things to hold on to. You know what I mean? Like, those are good things to hold on to, I think. Yeah, totally. You know? So yeah, yeah. what else we got? We got petty bourgeois socialism. What's up with yes. this? The petty bourgeoisie, he says, I'm paraphrasing, uh, they're in a, a tenuous position under capitalism. They're constantly being thrown back into the proletariat by competition. Um, we, got, we got artisans. We got who want to preserve the guild system. We've got, uh, you know, a bunch of other motherfuckers. Uh, th this kind of socialism kind of wants to preserve these feudal relations on behalf of peasants and shopkeepers. But guess what? Feudal relations weren't great either. We exactly. need to go exactly. forward in time, past feudal relations, past capitalist relations, to a society that is free of exploitation and oppression and unjustified hierarchies. And I like what he says at the end because it's such a sick bird. Ultimately, when stubborn historical facts had dispersed all intoxicating effects of self-deception, this form of socialism ended in a miserable fit of the blues. Of the blues. <laughs> you know who I was thinking about when I was reading this, uh, this section, which uh, a modern day analogy. I mean, I was thinking of someone like Elizabeth Warren, right? <laughs> I was thinking of like you know somebody like like her and the appeal that she has for all these like kind of uh, I guess the professional managerial class I guess, and um, I remember forget she had this uh, uh, T-shirt on her website that said when she was running in 2020 that said capitalism without rules is theft, like 
Just God. like, you know, the petty bourgeois. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Like, just like the petty bourgeois, like, these people don't actually want to change. They don't want to uproot society mm-hmm. or revolutionize society. They just want to return to the old forms and systems of mm-hmm. power. They just want to maintain it, which someone like Warren, you know, as like a, a, I guess like a social democrat, technocrat, I wouldn't even call her that far. Which She's a liberal. Is not she's a, a left liberal. She's a liberal. She's a left, exactly. She's a left liberal who doesn't really want to change the the power relations and who has power, right? But to kind of like band-aid over it, you know, um, like Robert Reich as well. Robert Reich, saving capitalism is a similar idea. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. Um, huh. I mean, we need a let's put a bookmark. Let's put a pin in the petty bourgeoisie because yes. they, due to their unique class position, um, they go down a lot worse roads than liberalism throughout history. Yes. Uh, yes. shall we say, as, you know, capitalism continues to develop, uh, the big fish eat the little ones, they're increasingly squeezed as a class, they're in threat of being thrown back into the proletariat. Um, yeah, some of them became, become like PMC libs, and some of them become fascists. So that's definitely something, so let's keep an eye on them. As yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I know everybody's been, uh, January 6th, nobody wants to hear about it again, but just remember the class composition a majority class composition of, you know, the people that stormed the Capitol. I mean, we're talking about, like, fucking jet ski retailers and, like, weird shit, like, niche little shit like that mm-hmm. that no working class person is a part of, you know. Mm-hmm. Not many. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Let's keep, keep an eye on that class. Um, what else mm-hmm. we got? He says uh, German or true socialism. Uh, psych, it's actually bourgeois, right? He says this is the result <laughs> yeah. of uh, French literature, French ideas, they were carried over to Germany, and it became useless in light of these very different material conditions because Germany at the time had not yet become a developed capitalist society. So there he's basically saying, like, you know, we got to adapt to the changing material conditions of any given time and place. Don't let these things calcify into um, some, ideo- some cookie-cutter ideology that you think can just mm-hmm. apply everywhere. Exactly, exactly. And I think that's like, as we were talking about again, you know, earlier, um, uh, like snatching out these examples from the past and trying to fit them to new material conditions today, you know, um, contradictions today and sort of like whether you're doing that like like temporarily or like um, location wise, right? Like trying to from another country, you know, trying to drop a model into this country or vice versa. Like it's not it's not it's not it's not good it's not not the way that it uh that we should be going about Mm-mm. this way. so then he talks about conservative or bourgeois socialism or as i like to think of it elon musk socialism <laughs> i guess musk. we found out what his tendency is and he says <laughs> the socialistic bourgeois want all the advantages of modern social conditions without the struggles and dangers necessarily resulting therefrom. hmm They desire the existing state of society minus its revolutionary and disintegrating elements. They wish for a bourgeoisie without a proletariat. You know, just put the 99% in the 1%. Everything will be fine. The bourgeoisie naturally conceives the world in which it is supreme to be the best. And bourgeois socialism develops this comfortable conception into various more or less complete systems. In requiring the proletariat to carry out such a system and thereby to march straight away into the social new Jerusalem, it but requires in reality that the proletariat should remain within the bounds of existing society, but should cast away all its hateful ideas concerning the bourgeoisie. And what this reminds me of is all the techno-utopians and the UBI people 
who think we can have yeah. this peaceful, orderly transition to a post-work society, right? And, and MMT as well. It's like, oh, hey, I still get to keep everything that I have. And then now everybody else will get to have enough too. Isn't that great? Um, and we can achieve yeah. this by the progress of technology and the benevolent management of technocrats without any kind of class struggle or any kind of rupture as the contradictions baked into the system uh, become greater and greater. Yeah, yeah. And I want to read this part too. Like that, that he talks about um, kind of uh, reforms, you know. And he says, um, this form of socialism, however, by no means understands abolition of the bourgeois relations of production, an abolition that can be affected only by a revolution, but administration, administration reforms based on the continued existence of these relations. Uh, reforms, therefore, that in no respect affect the relations between capital and labor, but at the best lessen the cost and simplify the administrative work of bourgeois government. Also sounds like, again, like Warren, uh, coupled with uh, Yang, you know, those people, a Warren type approach, right? Yeah, like they don't understand that these classes and these interests are fundamentally in conflict, right? They're like, exactly. oh, anyone can join. The solution to inequality is anyone can join the bourgeoisie without recognizing that the existence of the bourgeoisie requires the existence of the proletariat, of this exploited class exactly. of people. And if everybody joined the bourgeoisie, uh, capitalism would cease to function. Exactly, exactly. It would be impossible for it to function. Yeah, like it requires um, people on the bottom. Sorry. So... Moving right along. Number three, critical utopian socialism and communism. And this is the one that he seems like he kind of likes. Like he's like, there's yeah, good things he's a little and bad bit more, things. He's a little bit nicer to, the, yeah. to these. He gives a little shout out to Fourier, who I really, I really have a soft spot for Fourier. I got to say, mm. he says, um, yeah. you know, it's basically like they, they recognize that capitalism is bad and that we need a new system, a new mode of production. Um, but they're very focused on these plans in kind of a liberal way. They just think mm -hmm. if you just argue well enough for your uh, blueprint for society, everyone will go along with it. Even the capitalists, they'll be like, oh, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. I'm going to give up my power over others. That's not how it works. He says, yeah. in the formation of their plans, they are conscious of caring chiefly for the interests of the working class as being the most suffering class. Only from the point of view of being the most suffering class does the proletariat exist for them. So again, like Warren Lips, you know, the proletariat is mm -hmm. not a historical subject. It's like, oh, how do we help them? How do we help the poor, these poor people who can't do anything for themselves? Set through through policy, through better policy, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and what he says to, to uh, this idea of like making, I mean, it's a very liberal like notion, right? Is that you can if you make better arguments, right, you can change people's minds and change their hearts and then we can get the change that we need, right? But he says, um, uh, the, blah, 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 they want to improve the utopian socialists. They want to improve the condition of every member of society, even that of the most favored. Hence, they habitually appeal to society at large without distinction of class, nay, by preference to the ruling class, Right. So oftentimes, like, I mean, they end up acquiescing to the ruling class mm -hmm. in this goal of like, you know, getting everybody on board. Right. With an idea that sounds good enough instead of kind of like, I guess, dissecting and deconstructing to the working class. Why these ideas should happen? Why capitalism is bad? How you're being exploited? Mm -hmm. Right. It's not just about like a changing hearts and minds it's a little bit more than, yeah and you know. it has to come from the proletariat as well exactly um and exactly. It, he continues for how can people when once they understand this 
their system failed to see in it the best possible plan of the best possible state and society. So yeah, he's like, these people are basically libs. They're anarcho libs who think we can get socialism by winning this battle of ideas. But really we just got to organize and take fucking power. And yet he says they have value because they at least attack every principle of existing society. Hence they are full of the most valuable materials for the enlightenment of the working class. So like maybe he contradicts himself a little bit here. Maybe it's a dialectic. I mean, what the fuck are we doing? Right? Like, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's actually, are we the utopians? <laughs> I mean, I do have a utopian streak in me and I will say, I kind of, I kind of do. I, I kind of do too. As like a future. I will though. say like, maybe we can't be that programmatic about it and say how every little thing is going to work. But I do think it's important to put some visions on our vision board and say, cause people are like, okay, well, how is shit going to work? Like, cause yeah. things could always be worse than they are now and things aren't that great now, but what if we try your system and everybody dies, you know? Yeah, exactly. exactly. So like, yeah, yeah. I do think it's possible to walk that line and make some arguments, put some things on our vision board without mm. being too utopian and idealist about it. Cause like people yeah. also just like want something to hope for, you know, like we should yeah. explain how your life is going to be better. One of the, one of the best like kind of exercises that I've ever um, experienced um, uh, during an organizing like thing an event. Um, and it wasn't even like an organizing event, but um, uh, this, this comrade um, asked everyone, um, to kind of get in a circle and close their eyes and, um, you know, what is, what is like freedom, like liberation look like to you? Right. But like the five senses, like, what does it smell like? What does it feel like? You know, what do you hear? And, um, I mean, you know, and then everybody kind of went around and talked about it. And a lot of people said like grass between their toes, mm. you know what I mean? Like sun, like fresh air, like community, Aww. you know? And I think like, that is a vision board, I think, like, inside, I mean, we need the minutia and the nuance and the nitty gritty of, okay, how exactly are we going to fucking do this? But I think a general, like, idea of what liberation looks like, like, that, that, that kind of helps. You are know? you saying we need to touch grass? Yes, I'm saying you need to touch grass and feel the grass between your toes. Both kinds of grass, which I'm a big proponent of. Totally, you know? totally. <laughs> so, okay, chapter four is the last chapter, and it's very short. It's about the orientation of communists towards opposition parties. So he, he goes through some examples of how communist parties have worked in coalition with opposition parties in various countries. He says in Germany, they fight with the bourgeoisie whenever it acts in a revolutionary way against the absolute monarchy, the feudal squirearchy, and the petty bourgeoisie. But he says... They never cease for a single instant to instill into the working class the clearest possible recognition of the hostile antagonism between bourgeoisie and proletariat in order that the German workers may straightaway use as so many weapons against the bourgeoisie the social and political conditions that the bourgeoisie must necessarily introduce along with its supremacy. And in order that, after the fall of the reactionary classes in Germany, the fight against the bourgeoisie itself may immediately begin. What do we think about this? Well, I mean, you know, like, uh, I think that, like, you know, there were people, <laughs> I think mean, it's not the best example, you know how people are saying that, uh, which I didn't vote for Joe Biden, but, you know, this idea that you have to defeat fascism, right, and then we can have, like, then we can start, you know, we can fight the Democratic Party, right, um, and I think that 
yet example today doesn't really fit what Marx is talking about now because the two sides, I mean, I won't make an argument about that, but I feel like the two sides are a little bit closer now than maybe they were back then, you know? Um, I mean, like, it's a question of, like, can you call Joe Biden a fascist? Yeah, I think you actually can call him a fascist, right? Um, but, um, I mean, I agree. I think, like, this is, like, also Lenin talks about this, right? Like, strategically, like, you know, allying with opposition parties, right, to, like, you know, uh, propel the movement forward, right? And this means that you kind of have to have eyes in the back of your head, man. And you can't, like, kind of throw in with these people unequivocally, but also recognize that, you know, the moment one immediate threat is swept away, then the working class must, you know, kind of uh, reorganize its energies to defeat yeah. the bourgeoisie. Right? I mean, this is this is a, a very old argument going back to Rosa yeah. Luxemburg and Lenin, yeah. who were friends, by the way. They were comrades, um, but they didn't agree on everything. Um, like on the question, should communist parties participate in bourgeois parliaments? Um, Lenin would say yes. Rosa would say no. Yeah. And I got I got to say, it's still relevant to today. These uh, discussions, these debates we're having at DSA, like what does it mean to elect uh, socialists to city council? Is this part of the road to mm -hmm. communism? And honestly, at this point in time, I'm slightly leaning towards no <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Like we've seen yeah. it go. We've seen how it goes over and over and yeah. over again. And I, I mean, we saw it with the squad and AOC and stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, they won't even force the, the time, vote. And you know what? At the same time, too, you're just talking to a comrade about it. And we were like, you know, at the end of the day, like, I, what, what are you really like? Bernie, I said this, like Bernie is a, a Democrat, right? AOC is a Democrat. Like they're not Bolsheviks, right? Like there is only not to excuse them, but just to understand like within a liberal bourgeois democracy that there's only so much that they can do, not because they don't want to do it, because there are literally systemic barriers and constraints and even ideological, I believe, with them as well, right? That they, they won't, they can't, they can't possibly be revolutionaries. I mean, they're in the fucking U.S. Senate and Congress, which... Leaning to what you're saying, I'm more like kind of predisposed to believe like that's not really the way, but it's dialectic because at the same time, I'm like, well, you know, even if people in their communities don't get any material benefits, right, from like a, from like a, an AOC or from like a Cory Bush or anything, that's still like inspiring for what it's worth, you yeah. know, for a movement and for people in their communities who wouldn't consider themselves democratic socialists. You know, for the black people in Cory Bush's district, you know, yeah, for the and for the immigrants in AOC's district, right? I mean, like, so it's like it's I don't know, man. It's like it probably it's not the way to go, but at the same time, like, what do what do people what do people do right now? I think that means that we organize outside of um, electoral politics, right? That's what we should be focusing yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you, man. I really this is an open question. I really can't decide. It is a difficult delicate dance that we do as dsa saying okay the democrats are shit and they're your enemies but we're running a candidate on the democratic party line and you should vote for them but only so that we can do away with this system uh at a later stage of yeah. development and you know it yeah. involves like trying to convince a whole bunch of 
disenfranchised working class people to care about electoral politics and to vote in the first place, right? Because a large proportion of the working class exactly. just doesn't fucking vote. But then again, I'm yeah. like, you look at the material conditions. I'm like, well, what the fuck else are we supposed to do right now? Yeah, I'm not storming the Capitol, right? I'm not storming like the Capitol. That tomorrow, they, right? The right wing tried it and it didn't work. And I don't think it would work if we did it either. So no, no, that this no. is this is an open question, and I think something that we need to keep on talking about and mm. observing, yeah, yeah. and maybe we'll figure it out a little better, or we won't. <laughs> or we won't. We just languish forever. But, no. But oh, we gotta, yeah. yeah, we gotta, we gotta talk about it. We gotta be trying things. Yeah. We gotta be looking out. Um, I mean, it would maybe help to run people who are like members of a communist party openly i'm thinking uh what's her name kashwama savant in uh in um in seattle yeah. right i mean she, like yeah she ran on the socialist alternative ticket and like blew people's minds that she didn't run as a democrat and i think that's a lot of the appeal of why she won because she didn't run as a democrat yeah. people fucking hate democrats well know? but the, these examples are few and far between though this is true so i don't know if we can hang all our hopes on it um but yeah this is we could talk about this for hours but this is definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. a question that is still very relevant today um so let's let's finish it out because i like the end of it um yeah, i like the end of it too. says and like there is something to be said at a, at a time when class consciousness is so low when people are used to getting absolutely nothing to have someone like AOC on TV, even talking about class politics, which I think is great. It would be even better if she were talking about how we need to abolish the present state of things, abolish the fucking exactly. value form. But could she have won talking like that? I don't think so. Not at this point in our journey, which, which, which also like gives, which also begs the question of how useful then is like liberal bourgeois, like electoral politics. How useful is it then for advancing our goals, right? If she, if you know, you can't even say certain words, right? I think Jamal Bowman, you know, has said the most like you know like radical shit, and it's not even that fucking radical. But you know, like you know, nobody fucking listens to him. You know, yeah. like he was talking about like racial capitalism, you know, yeah. which is something that these motherfuckers like terrify them but still you know no one's really paying attention to that so i don't know how useful then these this these institutions uh -huh. are for achieving tbd i suppose yeah. so yeah. but yeah. he continues you want to finish it out let's go yeah yeah let's finish it out uh, in short the communists everywhere support every revolutionary movement against the existing social and political order of things in all these movements, they bring to the front, as the leading question in each, the property question, no matter what its degree of development at the time. Finally, they labor everywhere for the union and agreement of the democratic parties of all countries. The communists disdain to conceal their views and aims. They openly declare that their ends can be attained only by the forcible overthrow of all existing social relations. Let the ruling classes tremble at a communistic revolution. The proletarians have nothing to lose but their chains. They have a world to win. Working Hell men yeah. of all countries unite. Unite. Boom. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah, dude. I, I was I was saying to Sean earlier, man, like the end of that, uh, you know what it's like? I hate to use a shitty example, but it's like it's like that line, man, the working men of all countries unite and the way it's like bolded in my copy and kind of centered. It's like watching like a shitty Marvel or DC movie and there's that end ending scene where all the heroes are at the like edge of a cliff, you know, with their hands on their like, you know, on their their waist and their capes like flapping in the wind and it's like 
this epic music against like a fucking backdrop of a sun and like this is what this feels like but for the global proletariat you know yeah I mean? hell yeah it's, uh, i love the ending uh, i love the ending hell here. yeah and like he's doing he's kind of trying to do two things at once here right i really think he mm. is at once being like all right this is just an analysis of what's going on don't shoot the messenger at the same time it's a call to action he's trying to help exactly. it along and you know I think he did on some level. I th- oh, he I definitely think he, did. And, you know, the fact that we're still reading it and talking about it today, I, like, I, th- I do think it's useful. And maybe we could create some new kinds of propaganda. Like, that's my goal with this, is, yeah. with this project, you know, is to, like, yeah. uh, you know, help others and ourselves understand the past as well as, uh, you know, what we can and cannot apply to the future. But the most important thing is that we got to do the thing. <laughs> We're doing it. We We're do doing thing, it, man. you know? And, and they're scared, man. And I'll tell you why. Because, like, you know, like, the kind of circle back, you know, the first, uh, the first line, a specter is haunting your, the specter of communism. There's a reason why Joe Biden tried to distance himself. Or, I mean, Hillary Clinton tried to distance herself from um, the Democratic Party writ large, distance itself from people like Bernie AOC. There's a reason why, like, Joe Biden, you know, had to say, like, I ran against the socialist and I beat the socialist. There's a reason why the right wing is fucking losing yeah. their shit over, like, cultural Marxism, Marxism in the military, you know, even, like, critical race theory is hinging upon these same fears it's because these motherfuckers are scared man yeah they're scared i mean there's a reason why they designated socialists as uh political terrorists <laughs> political terrorists right? yeah. like yeah yeah dude it kind of yeah. it kind of gives me hope on some level yeah, like yeah, i guess yeah. they could just be hyperventilating over nothing because i look around me and i'm like the left is it's so weak but shit is happening and the ingredients, like the basic building blocks are there. There are so many people all over the world who are pissed off and ready to throw the fuck down. And we see it happening yeah. everywhere. We just did an episode on what's happening in Colombia right now with the massive mm-hmm. anti-austerity protests. Um, mm-hmm. The Arab Spring, I'm very inspired by what's going on in what's happened in Lebanon. These people's movements and the slogan, you know, all of them means all of them. They're, they don't want a new, uh, a new ruler. They want them all to go away. The George Floyd uprising, people were yeah. burning down police stations and setting fucking Hell police yeah. cars on fire. The material conditions are there. The contradictions could not be higher, although I feel like... <laughs> they will be uh and we just like like it gives me hope that marx wrote this in 1848 and everyone was like oh you're crazy like no one paid attention to it and then what happened Mm. then what happened a lot of shit happened a lot of shit happened man and i mean i'll i'll put it this way too yo it's like i mean part of like uh uh the the precarity of being like a worker, I mean, it's terrifying. It's scary, you know, like living paycheck to paycheck every day. You don't know if you're like you're going to you're a car accident away from like not being able to get to work, you know, pay your rent and then you're homeless. But like I really true. I truly do believe that the capitalist class is equally, if not, maybe a little bit more in some degrees as scared and terrified as we are. Right. Because. They got shit to lose. All we got to lose are our chains, man. And when people recognize that, dude, 
like I think over time, you know, I can obviously I can't prognosticate anything, but people will recognize that over time and will 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 organize and find new ways to organize that aren't, aren't just kind of drawing upon the past and failed examples of, you know, yeah. of a world that kind of we envision. Right. Yeah. And I, I like I really hope this is really my hope. And like, what am I doing any of this for? Besides the mm -hmm. fact that I don't want to get a real job like <laughs> Same. I really hope the more we talk about this, the more we dare I say popularize it the less crazy it will sound even to ourselves yeah <laughs> you know yeah yeah because yeah. sometimes I do feel like man like it's only when I'm talking to you or another comrade I'm like okay I'm not that crazy but like if I'm at a bar and I start talking to people like if I get into that realm of political conversation and this person's like suddenly wide-eyed and they're like I have no idea what this guy's <laughs> talking about can we talk about anything else I'm like you know what like yeah, it helps to feel. That's why this project again that we're embarking on, man, helps to feel like uh, we're not alone. Yeah. We're not crazy. No, you're not alone. You're not crazy. I promise, we're gonna see some crazy shit in our lifetimes. Uh, whether that results in something good or not, or something um, horrifying, will be you know partially chalked up to the material conditions that we have no control over, but partially chalked up to mm. our own activity. As members yeah. of the working class, as communists, as organizers. So I, my hope is we can just keep on talking about it, keep on figuring shit out, and let everybody that's listening know that they're not crazy for thinking that things are falling the fuck apart right now. And they're not crazy for thinking that a better world is possible. Hell yeah. A better world is waiting, man. It's waiting. Yeah. Well, I do believe that. I think that's a good place to end it. Hell yeah. If you guys have, uh, have stuck around with us uh, for, for this long, thank you, man. This is an inaugural like pilot episode zero. Yeah. Let uh, us know. Let us know what you think. Sound off in the comments. Um, Please do. If you're like, hey, guys, you need to uh, shut the fuck up or it just stop talking so much or be more concise yeah, or just wrap or it up a little something yeah, yeah, like yeah, that yeah. or if maybe they want us to talk more in which case uh fuck off i'm not doing more work than i'm doing right now <laughs> exactly yeah yeah but yeah. you know we're, we're open to suggestion within reason yes please yeah yeah and uh yeah sound off in the comments and uh if you have any recommendations maybe for shit you want to see us cover you know like uh yeah we'll uh look at that shit too and consider it all right. I feel like we need a sign off. Like right, like when off. they when they uh when they're done at Pod Dev America, they say it's finished. Uh bad faith, they say keep the faith, which is keep cute. Faith. Um what do we say? Until next time, uh <laughs> do the thing. Do the thing until next time. Stay alive. No, stay alive sounds too morbid. <laughs> do the thing. All right. Works of the world unite. I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll keep working on we'll it. We'll work on it. We'll keep working on it. All right. Great. All right. It's finished. All right. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Bye. Man. All right. I'll end it. Thirty-one. Shit, dude. We did it. We did an episode. Yo, we fucking did it, dude. Yo, and we did like we didn't just like because I've done episodes on books and I mean it was like more I guess we could have covered but we actually went through the fucking book. That was nice. We went through the whole fucking book, man. That was tight.